Hi, I'm Stephanie Davis Arai, and I'm a member of the No More Page Three campaign, which is asking the editor of The Sun to reconsider putting topless young women in his newspaper. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Right. So, can you tell us, um, kind of, um, as, as clearly as you can, what what motivates you to do this? Like, what's the kind of thinking behind it? Uh, well, the No More Page Three campaign is just the effect that it has um, on women and and on um, men's view of women because it's in a newspaper. It's a sort of socially accepted way of looking at women as sort of passive um, sex objects um, with no voice, and it's the largest largest image in a newspaper full of clothed men doing jobs, whereas the woman isn't doing anything except presenting herself as a sort of sexually available fantasy. We Mm. think that's uh, harmful, not just to readers of The Sun, but because The Sun's a, well, actually it's a family newspaper, it's seen in public. You know, anybody can open up the newspaper anywhere in public, and it's also available in um, family homes where children and adolescents, teenagers, I think it's particularly harmful for teenage girls to see that that's the value that their society places on women and that's what they need to you know, go, achieve when, when they grow up, that that's their biggest value, their body. Um, I think it's a very harmful message and that's a sort of social conditioning that we, we don't even really notice is happening to us, but it, it goes in. We, we, we internalise those images, they're very sort of powerful images. and um, So we think it has a wide-reaching um, effect beyond just the readership of the sun. Do you think as well, I mean, interesting sort of hearing you say that, because do you think perhaps that with it being in a newspaper and like you say, with it being kind of around people's houses, perhaps left on a train, you know, wherever, do you think it's also kind of desensitising people to sex and kind of images of women and things like that? Yeah, I think we, 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 you know, people say, oh, it's just a bit of fun. I think people don't even really notice it anymore because we're mm. so used to it. But I think unconsciously it does. And I, uh, and and also it, it sort of provides this image of women where we're disposable. Page three girls, are, or, yeah, women actually, not girls, but some of them are teenagers. Mm. And I think to show young women like that in the newspaper shows that it, there's a different one every day, but they're all sort of standardised... Uh, they've got a very narrow body type, which is uh, quite a rare body type, very slim frame with, with large breasts. And, you know, she's made to look sort of a bit pouty or, or, or smiling invitingly. So the fantasy that's created from it is sex, sexual availability. I think that's, that is a unconscious message that goes in that that's what women are. Um, which is which affects attitudes, and then then it affects how women are treated in the street. Uh, it also gives permission because it's in a newspaper to um, to judge and assess women on their, the size of their breasts, and um, um, it gives sort of public uh, um, approval of doing that. It provides a way of doing that, which uh, does impact on women. And the fact that there's a, you know, you get, there's a new girl every day, which is the message is women, you know, have lots of them. They're all there for you. They're sexually available. They're just, you know, and it's a fantasy and it's a lie. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of harmful message to go in 
that that's what women's role is. Do you think, because speaking to kind of the girls who do it, do you, they sort of feel that they're not like victims, they're not sexual objects, they think they're very strong, independent women who make their money and kind of, yeah. you know, it's their choice and they sort of feel yeah. very angry, I think, that, that, that they see that the campaigns are trying to take away their choice. I mean, how do you kind of address that? What's your kind of theory on that? Well, we don't, you know, the No More Pastry campaign, we're actually, we're not against glamour models. Mm. Um, but I think you have to accept that models who did that work used to be called porn models. And the Sun in 1970 changed their name to glamour models in order to get them in the newspaper without us noticing. Mm. So, you know, let's be honest about that. The purpose of those images is purely the sexual titillation of men. And that to... Because they're posing in a sort of passive way where their sexual needs or um, desires are not important, they're a blank slate, they're actually posing in a way that, that um, shows a sort of a certain male fantasy, passive, um, passive, voiceless woman. They're mm. not showing a female sexuality or any sort of power in themselves. They, they all are made up to look pretty much the same. The facial expressions are always the same. I don't see any women on page three looking uh, irritated or angry. Or, you know, it, it's, it's always the same, bland, standardised expressions. So I don't think it... It doesn't look to be empowering. But I, I accept that individual women may find it empowering as they do the photo shoot with the bright lights, about, you know, the feeling yeah. proud of their bodies. I can really accept that. But I think the issue for us is if it's put out there and, and it's so normal, um, I think the rest of us women are affected by it. So all we'd say to glamour models is, you know, fine, do that job. But... Just keep it not in the not in the public space where it becomes a, a very normalised view of all women, and then every other woman sort of um, is not empowered by it. So, so maybe in the you know have magazines or have specific sort of newspapers, but have them kind of away from the public. Is because uh, I'm trying to kind of obviously it's it's difficult because you you know UK feminists haven't as yet spoke to us. So I'm trying to kind of comprehend the whole theory i'm sort of seeing now is it more that perhaps the magazine basically you can get um nuts zoo loaded whatever alongside you can get what car magazine and so on and so forth so yeah. is it the normalizing of these images so really what you're saying is you prefer it was like a subscription thing or it wasn't given to everybody as being look every girl looks like this or every girl yeah. you know is, is that kind of if what the theory is i don't i don't think our society should hand young men, girls on a plate. Right, okay. Yeah. I think it should be more difficult to get hold of. I don't think sort of um, objectifying women should be under men's leisure interests, mm. for example. I think it, it does suggest that it's a normal way of looking at women. And, um, and I don't, you know, that's not a, a healthy message to give to young men. And the lads, lads mags are actually targeted at a sort of adolescent <laughs> audience and I don't think it's a good education you know I, I mean this may sound boring and I know young men like to look at those images but I don't think they should be so easily obtained it's only very recently that they are and uh, um, uh, you know young men are designed 
when as their brains change it's through adolescence to go and speak to real girls and try and get you know mm. try and get off with real girls <laughs> and, you know make some kind of relationship with real human beings and if you replace that with these sort of um you know sort of passive airbrushed photoshopped perfect always available always willing women um their brains are going to be developing in a different way and those sorts of you know those sorts of experiences if they're common and if they're normal it does actually you know, there's only a certain window for that development of the brain and I think it, it's develop you know you, you'll, you'll be sort of socially conditioned in ways that you don't realize yourself and I don't think it's very it's a very uh, a healthy way young men develop. I mean, I, I, you know, you'd, you'd hope that as as young men grow older, they they may start off as seeing women as objects, but they would learn to see them as people and build relationships. I think if you if you um, replace real relationships or uh, offer so many um, images of, of available women. Um, you're not learning about relationships, you're not learning about real women, you're learning a fantasy that these magazines and newspapers are selling to you, which will keep you at that adolescent stage. Um, and I, don't, I think it's, uh, it's, it's sort of patronising and insulting that our society assumes that's what men want. My name's Katie Russell, I'm the Media and Communications Coordinator for Rape Crisis England and Wales. Hi Katie, thanks for joining us. Welcome. <laughs> right, basically I was just wondering if you could give your perspective on, obviously on the debate on the lads mags and also if there was, um, anyway you could sort of make everybody more aware who's listening on why there's kind of a link between the magazines and, and obviously rape. Okay, well um, certainly this is a campaign, um, not that Red Crisis England and Wales has been at the forefront of, but that we mm. do support. Um, as a feminist organisation, our primary um, purpose is to, well, we're an umbrella body and we support um, a network of member rape crisis centres across England and Wales, each of whom are providing specialised independent support services to women and girls who've experienced sexual violence of any kind at any time in their lives. So obviously um, the welfare of women and girls, particularly those affected by bisexual violence, is our primary concern. In terms of a direct link between uh, lads mags and um, rape and sexual violence more generally, um, I'm personally not aware of any specific sort of statistics or research to link the two. And yeah. I think sometimes perhaps to try and make a very crude, basic, direct correlation between the two might actually switch people off um, to the be debate a little bit because it might seem too simplistic. Mm. But certainly we see... Um, so-called lads mags and this kind this kind of material that's very widely available and, and very visible you know to anyone including children and so on um as part of a broader sort of societal context in which um violence against women and girls specifically is still um a really big issue so um we um you know we feel that the objectification of women which is essentially what these um, magazines do, and the dehumanisation of them often, um, obviously contri contribute to an environment in which there's sort of a, a lack of empathy for women and girls and an environment in which um, sexual violence can happen, mm. if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, I, I can see what you're saying. I think that is the problem as well. I think I completely agree with you on the point of the direct link because I think that my my instant was kind of one of shock when I first heard that. I thought, gosh, like how? And obviously when you do look into it and you can see that it's, like you say, from the objectification and, and perhaps um, it's an image without a voice, a personality, and, and that's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Because you're only going to perceive what you're kind of given. So what do you think is the main kind of cause of rape? Oh, that's a difficult question. I mean, um, what are the main causes of rape? I think, um, really, you know, it, it's important to understand rape and sexual violence mm. as violent crimes and not really so much to do with sex and sexuality as to do with power and control. And obviously a lot of men and boys experience sexual violence too. Um, but our focus is on women and girls who experience sexual violence because in the 40 years um, that we've and our member centres have been providing specialist services to women and girls, um, most survivors tell us that they really appreciate the sort of women-only safe space that we provide and the services provided by women and for women and girls because it helps them to make it helps to make them feel safe and that's important because we know that the majority of sexual violence like i say although men and boys are victims the vast majority is still perpetrated by men against women and girls and um i suppose um you know in order for sexual violence to take place on, on the scale that it does um really you know it does come down to or it's certainly rooted in gender inequality um and um, and I, like I say, a lack of empathy and understanding. For anybody listening who would like um, any support or information on the topics discussed, particularly with the rape crisis, you can go to www.rapecrisis.org.uk. Their free phone helpline number is 0808 and if you are a man or a young lad and you would like to speak to somebody, the number for you to call is 0845 122 120.